Hi, welcome to Church for the Harvest Online. We're so happy you could join us this morning. Today we're going to hear an awesome message from Pastor Mike, but before we do that, let's jump right into worship.
Hey, good morning, church. Welcome. We're so glad you could make it today. My name is Taylor, and I have a few announcements for you today. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube at Harvest Alexandria. It's a great way to stay connected with us here at the church. We'd also love you to fill out a connect card on harvestalexandria.com forward slash connect card. Youth, we have Zoom calls together every Wednesday at 7 p.m. You can find the link on Snapchat, Facebook, or contact Kim. Don't miss out. This is a great way for all of us to stay connected until we're meeting in person again. Pray First will continue, and if you'd like to join in person, we'll have the church open and ready, practicing physical distancing. As always, be on Facebook Live at 9 a.m. to join Pastor Mike on Saturdays. HarvestAlexandria.com slash prayer is a great way to send us your prayer requests now. Until we're meeting again in person, we want to hear from you. So send it to HarvestAlexandria.com slash prayer. Just a reminder that we have life groups starting back up. If you'd like to lead one, please let Stacy Daggy know as soon as possible. These will run about six to eight weeks long. And here's a few that I'd like to share with you already. Flow. We'll be starting up with Sarah and Justin Godfrey. This is going to include a six-week faith tool journey, their weekly podcast, mental and spiritual life hacks, and weekly live Facebook group discussions. If you have any questions, reach out to Sarah or Justin. Men, you're invited to the Living and Abiding Men's bi-weekly Bible study. Group is led by Joey Rackstead. Contact him at 320-424-1632 if you want more information. Be on a lookout for some... Great news. Um, what? We're going to be opening. Can I tell them on when we'll be opening back up church? Yeah. Okay. No. Do it again. No, you just. Be on the lookout for some great news, church, for reopening of in-person church services. Keep an eye out on social media and your email inbox for this update. That's all we have for our announcements today. I'm going to send it over to Phil for your tithes and offerings message. Make it a great week. Good morning, Church for the Harvest. I'm Phil Salmon with the tithes and offering message this morning. A few months ago, I talked about the widow and her two mites and how Jesus watched her from across the crowd. And I'd like to expand idea on that idea today and talk about one of my favorite unnamed heroes from the Bible. We read in John chapter 6, verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Now from what little food that young boy had, Christ commanded his disciples to feed the 5,000 men plus women and children. Of course, five loaves of bread and two fishes would never be enough, except in the hands of the miracle worker, Christ. Now the young lad's name is never mentioned anywhere in scripture and we never find out what happens to him after that. But we know the greatness of the miracle that Jesus performed because of the seemingly small, almost insignificant offering that this young man made. Throughout scripture, we are told and commanded to tithe and make offerings to the church. Regardless of the amount of your tithes or offerings, as we see from many places in scripture, when we're obedient to the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, God is faithful to multiply what we have and what we give to do miraculous things for His kingdom on earth. It promotes the gospel, we reach the lost, we support missions and orphanages, and even people in our own community, especially in this time right now. Throughout scripture, we are told that tithing is an obligation, we're commanded to tithe. And those tithes do miraculous things in the hands of God. When we bring our little bit that we think to us is a small amount, like the young boy with the five loaves and two fishes, God can miraculously 
expand on that to meet whatever need he sees and whatever need needs to be met. We need to faithfully bring our tithes and our offerings as we're commanded. Now you can tithe online very easily using your smartphone. You can also mail in uh, your tithes or offerings to the church and specify where you'd like that money sent. So Lord, I thank you today for the tremendous blessings you continue to pour out upon your children, upon your faithful and obedient people in Christ, Father God. Lord, we ask that you'd use the tithes and offerings that we bring cheerfully and joyfully to your house to do miraculous things, to spread the gospel even in this time of chaos and confusion. We give you the glory and the honor and praise for this miraculous, miraculous result in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello Church, wanted to give you two quick easy ways to continue your giving. Simply download the Alexio Community app and create your account. The first one is the Alexio Church app. Select Give, enter your amount, method of giving, and fund. You also have an option at the bottom to make this a recurring or a one-time gift. Select Next and choose Give to submit. It's that easy. Another quick and easy way to give is text to give. The initial setup goes like this. Text an amount to 320-300-4311 and you will receive a link back very quickly. Click on the link, enter your information Select the fund you wish to give to and enter the method of giving and amount. Then click Submit. It's that easy. In the weeks to come, all you do is text your amount to 320-300-4311 and send. Hey, good morning, Church for the Harvest family and friends. We want to thank you and welcome you as you tune in to our Sunday morning service, Church for the Harvest Online, and we're just delighted to have you, uh, uh, you know, tune in to this uh, uh, ministry broadcast. Uh, we just speak God's blessing over your life. You know, we give a shout out to all the family and friends, church family and friends, extended family, uh, we've got relatives from out east and, and extended friends and family down south and, and out west. And hey, we're just so thankful for all of you tuning in. Another shout out to Sri Lanka. Uh, we love you, Sri Lanka. All the missionaries there that you as a church support in the nation of Sri Lanka and the gospel is going forth. Uh, we want you to know that uh, we, we just feel that you're very much a part of uh, these broadcasts and we do pray for you that God continue to bless you as you further the kingdom of God in your nation. And, and so um, we just are blessed to have all of you tuning in here today. So uh, I'm going to start off here with a quick prayer and I have a word on my heart I'd like to share with you this morning. So with that, let's take a moment and pray and ask for God's blessing. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word going forth. I thank you for all those who are tuning in and have tuned in and, and they're there to hear from you, Lord. And I just declare in, of, in and of myself, I know that I have nothing good to say, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, 
I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people here today what they need in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Well, we're continuing our series of Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. And um, this is the third week in our series. And I've subtitled this, Leave the Baggage Behind. Leave the Baggage Behind. And I'll get into that in a moment. But my text is Luke. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. We've been sharing this each week. Jesus says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. And follow me. You know, uh, Jesus says, follow me at least 20 times in all the four Gospels. That's a lot of follow me's. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, For whoever wants to save their life, We'll lose life. We'll lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. Amen. And so last week we talked about in Mark chapter 10, the rich young ruler. And we talked about his life. And, and we talked about how the emptiness in that guy's soul was evidenced by the question that he asked Jesus when he, he ran to Jesus. And basically was asking, hey, Jesus, what am I still missing? What am I still missing? And we know that the answer is easy. <clears throat> we said this, that the rich young ruler, he was following the rules, but he wasn't following Jesus. Come on, somebody. And, and we know that we can follow the rules, do all the right things. But really, in our heart, we're really not following the Lord. We're really not following the Lord. Or we may think that we are, and we're really not. <clears throat> And it's sad, but I think that's uh, true for far too many uh, uh, Christians and far too many churches, you know, following the rules and, and doing everything right, but really not following Jesus. And so I said this, that one of the, th that this story re reveals that our greatest asset, watch this, our greatest asset becomes our greatest liability if we don't use that for God's purposes. So that means every single one of you, I believe, the scriptures teach this, that you each have a gift, that you each have a blessing, you have an ability uh, that, that God wants you to use for his purposes. You know, uh, many of the masons at the turn of the century and uh, uh, they, they would pour their concrete and <clears throat> or they would build a structure, an edifice, a lot of stuff in Europe that you see. And they would have an imprint on that. They would say, yes, basically this concrete was poured <clears throat> by the grace of God or this building was erected through God's strength to honor and glorify God. That means we're to, whatever we're to do. I poured a lot of concrete in my life and once in a while my kids would, you know, stick their footprint in or handprint in or something like that, put their name on it. And, but but the, these, these men, uh, when they, they did these things, they did them for the glory of God. And so whatever you may feel menial task that is providing a service for someone in this country, you need to know that, 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 that your mindset should be one of whatever I'm doing right now, I'm going to do that to the best of my ability. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> do it with excellence. Amen. Do it wholeheartedly and do it for the glory of God. Do it for the glory of God. You know, numerous times in, in construction projects that I've done and now this remodel, remodel project, and sometimes I may be a little bit hasty and quickly in doing something, and, 
And, and then once it's, I, I completed that task, whatever it's a plumbing or an electrical thing or the way I ran some, some PEX tubing and I go, you know what? I just don't like how that looks. It should be a certain way. It shouldn't be overlapping. How many hear what I'm saying? And, 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 and I, I rip it apart and I do it right. Because I, I want my mind to know what, you know what, it's done right. And why? I want to do it just not for myself personally, but I want to do it to glorify God. Even in these little things. And those little things matter. Can you say amen? And so that story reveals that our greatest asset about the rich young ruler becomes our greatest liability if we don't use it for God's purposes. And we said this, <clears throat> you ultimately lose whatever you keep or whatever you're trying to hang on to. There's a lot of things we're going to talk about that today about letting go of the baggage. And you ultimately keep whatever you lose for the cause of Christ. Listen, if your whole goal in life is to live for pleasure, to live for ease, come on somebody, to, to, to live for your comfort, <clears throat> true life, true living will evade you. It will. That's what the scripture is teaching. That's what this verse is teaching. <clears throat> true, truly living life where there's that passion, there's that zeal. Not that you don't have difficulty in challenging times. And, and the Bible talks about how that, you know, we are aliens in this world, that, that there is another home that God is preparing for us and that, you know, we are to look forward to that. But, but, but what, that, that day will come for those in Christ that know the Lord. But, but truly living, so many people are trying to squeeze blood out of a rock here and gain every amount of pleasure in this life because they have no hope for the future life. And God is saying, listen, I want to give you life eternal, but I want to give you abundant life now. How we do that is through following Jesus. Can you say amen? So true life escapes us. It eludes us if we try to grasp a hold of it, create all the creature comforts. And hey, listen to me, I like creature comforts I, I, in the hot summer. I like the air conditioner in the car. Come on, somebody. Amen. <clears throat> you know, in the winter and it's cold, I like a, you know, a nice warm fireplace or something. And so God is not against those things, but he's talking about our whole focus and our drive and our purpose in life. Amen. If you're with me, somebody shout amen. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> you know, here's the thing. There is a purpose, not a me purpose. Did you hear that? There is a purpose in life, but not a me purpose. And that purpose is God's purpose. God's purpose for our life. You know, <clears throat> about a century ago, um, there was a band of brave souls. They became known as <clears throat> one-way missionaries. One-way missionaries. And what they did, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> is they purchased single tickets to the mission field. And they didn't get return tickets. And instead of suitcases, bringing suitcases with them, this is what they did. They actually packed, they built their own coffins. <laughs> you imagine that, bringing a coffin with you on the plane. Well, back then it was a ship. And they would load the coffin with all their belongings and they went to the mission field. Wow. So they sailed out and they waved goodbye to everybody that they loved. Family, friends, some of you thinking right like now, mm -mm, no, not me, I couldn't do it. <clears throat> Everything that they knew, and they would never return home. They were called one-way missionaries. And one of them uh, was named A.W. 
Malign. <clears throat> he was one of those missionaries. He set sail for the new Hybrides, islands in the South Pacific, knowing full well that the headhunters that were there, <clears throat> they had martyred every missionary that went there before them. And Milne did not fear for his life because he already died to himself. He already packed his coffin. And history says for 35 years, after he landed there in those islands, 35 years, he lived among the tribe and he loved them. He ministered to them. He preached to them when they didn't want to hear it. And uh, he was there. He was all in. Why? Because he brought his coffin with him and, and, and he was 100% in. And it says this, watch this. It says when he died and there was there was there was thousands of believers then by the time of his death in those islands, Christians now that were ne not Christians before, uh, when they buried him, the tribe members in the middle of their village, they didn't do it in an obscure place. They put in the middle of the village his epitaph. And they wrote on his tombstone and it said this. When he came there, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. Mm, what a powerful statement. What a powerful statement of the life of an individual that went all in for Jesus, that followed Jesus for his specific purpose in his life. Now hear me, I'm not saying the Lord is calling you to pack your coffin and head to some foreign land. He may, he may, he may for even some of your kids down the road. You don't know that, that God's call could be on their life. One way missionaries, you know what, serving the Lord. I know this stuff may seem radical to, to, to you hearing this, but this is what they did. This is what these missionaries did. They were, they were all in for Jesus. So Jesus might not be asking you to pack your coffin to go to a foreign land, but there's some things he wants you to get rid of that's baggage in your life that's holding you back. And we want to talk about that today. You know, back in um, the 1500s, on February 19, 1519, the Spanish explorer Hernan Cortez, he set sail from Mexico and he had an entourage with him of 11 ships, 13 horses, 110 sailors, and 553 soldiers. <clears throat> the indigenous population upon his arrival was approximately 5 million people. So he was going to a place uh, that, that they were outnumbered, majorly outnumbered. And from purely a mathematical standpoint, <clears throat> the odds were stacked against him. The odds were stacked against this explorer by a ratio of 7,541 to 1. <clears throat> Two previous expeditions had failed to even establish a settlement in the New World. Yet Cortez, he conquered much of South America and the continent. How did he do this? How did all this happen? Well, his first step was this. Watch this. <clears throat> Cortez is reported to have what he had done after landing. There's this epic tale of mythical proportions. He issues an order. Watch this. After turning this mission into an all or nothing position. And he tells his men when they landed. Um, and, and there's traditions about they dismantled the ships, whatever. But one tradition is that he told them, burn the ships. We're here, we're not going back. And that's what, that's what uh, history reflects, that they burnt the ships. Can you imagine that? Show up in a place and you're there to, to, to conquer and establish a settlement. And <clears throat> how many know that that elim eliminated all, hey, well, you know, plan B in, in their lives? It, it was only plan A. There was no turning back. 
no turning back. And so as his crew watched their fleet of ships burn and sink, they came to terms with the fact that, how many know that retreat was not an option for those guys? Amen? It wasn't an option. So here's the thing I want to say. Nine times out of ten, failure, watch this, it resort, is failure, excuse me, is resorting to plan B when plan A gets too difficult. Amen? When plan A becomes too risky. When plan A becomes too costly. When plan A is too difficult, we resort to plan B. Hmm. That's why most people live plan B of their life. I'm going to say that again. So many people, God had a, you, you know, you felt, well, you know what I felt when I was younger and I, I was supposed to do this, I was supposed to do that, and it got too difficult. It got too challenging. Uh, life just happened and, and now you feel you're living plan B. I have encouraging words for you. You know what? You can still jump into plan A if you're willing, if you're, if you're still willing. But that's where a lot of people are living, plan B. Why? Because there came a point in their time when they just didn't have a made-up mind. They didn't kind of burn the ships to, to say. They, they, didn't, they weren't all in. And uh, <clears throat> I can remember a time starting out in ministry, and I, I just say this of a story that personally in my own life, in my own life about Plan A and Plan B, when I was really vividly faced with the two choices. It was a very clear time. And many of you heard this story before coming out to Minnesota. I worked in the dry cleaning industry and <clears throat> I always had mission, uh, ministry on my heart and didn't know how that was going to come to fruition and very frustrated in my soul and God, what's going on? And just really, just was just really distraught in what I was doing. And, but still held on to that, that hope, that hope that, you know, God uh, had a plan. He had a plan A, and, and that was ministry for my life. And I remember uh, <clears throat> there was some difficulty and some challenges with my family and, and just a whole lot of things that I won't get into. But, but uh, I remember working for, the, for this uh, guy, and, and uh, uh, I, was just, I was just miserable doing this dry cleaning, but it's what I knew. And I got a phone call, an opportunity of Pastor Steve Quartermont out here and at the Destiny Church. Back then it was the uh, Country Bible Church and to come on staff to work as a youth director. And I've never done that before, never did youth ministry. It actually wasn't really what I thought I would be doing. But it was an open door. It was, it was an opportunity. And I remember when I was on the phone with him, Talking to him, I got an incoming phone call, and I said, hold on, Pastor Steve. And I clicked it, and it was the former employee of my father, a very wealthy man who was in the dry cleaning industry, who had, had a lot of money, had a lot of affluence in New England, in that area, in that, in that city, a number of cities. And he was offering me a job, of all things, with a, a pretty decent salary for back then, starting off and running his plants and dry cleaning. And I remember talking to him and saying, wait, what did you say, Jerry? And he says, yes, I want to offer you a job. And, and, uh, and I said, hold on, I'm on the phone with someone else and can I call you back? And so while I'm on the phone and I, 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 I hang up with Pastor Steve and then I click call back this guy. And, and just in that moment, I'm offered two opportunities. And uh, one of them was a lot more lucrative than the other one. <laughs> but one of them was part of my heart. And even though it, it wasn't 100% of what I thought I would to do, 
it was an open door. How many hear what I'm saying? And I remember in that moment, uh, I felt like I had two choices at that time. I really did. I felt I was in a fork in the road. And one of them seemed like this made sense and this was the way to go because financially we'd be secure and you can have confidence and you can build up your future, you have your family, you can provide for them. And the other one was, it was a hope, it was a dream. Come on, somebody. And I remember taking two weeks just wrestling through that, praying, just wrestling through that. And, and I really had no peace in those two weeks. I was miserable, absolutely miserable. <laughs> you know, I think you say, oh, I would pray and, and it was a precious time and the Lord was leading me. I was absolutely miserable until I made up my mind. Hear me? Till I made a decision. And I said, you know what? I don't know if this is plan A, but I believe it is. And I'm going to come back out to Minnesota. Uh, I'm going to come out to Minnesota. This is my first time we came out. And I'm going to follow this and pursue this ministry. And I didn't understand the whole thing. But do you know what? Uh, I'm glad I made the decision. Amen. I'm glad I made a decision because I saw God's faithfulness, his provision. And we raised the family out here. God has provided and we've raised three children. And, and now we're empty nesters and have a beautiful, wonderful church family. And, and uh, I could have never imagined, uh, you know, what would it have been like if I had made that other choice? And, and where would I have been at? And uh, I just am just so thankful that uh, uh, in those, that two-week period, that I, I feel I chose plan A, and, and God directed me and moved me in that way. But here's the thing. Plan A people, number one, don't have a plan B. And here's the thing, the devil will throw plan B at you. Come on, somebody. He's going to throw a lot of other options. At, but you have to have a made up mind. You have to have a made up mind and say, you know what? I'm going to follow what's the passion in my heart, what I believe God has called me to do. And some of you right now are being stirred. Say, you know what? I was supposed to do this. I was supposed to do that. Oh, well, here I am married. I got kids, whatever. And I don't know. That dream just seems like it's gone. You know, it's really not. It's really not. God always has new beginnings for you if you're willing to dig deep and seek Him. And you know what? God will open doors if you take those steps of faith. Can you say amen? And so plan A people don't have a plan B. They would rather crash and burn going after God, their God-given passion and dream and, and, and then succeed at something else. Why? Because they know that is what God has called them to do. You know, Peter Drucker, was an Australian-born American management consultant. And he was an educator. And he was an author and wrote many books. And his writings contributed to the logical and practical foundations of the modern business corporation. And he had a number of thought-provoking statements such as, he would say things like, the best way to predict the future is to create it. Man, I like that. You hear that? The best way to predict the future is to create it. That's a great statement. Or he said something like this. Management is doing things right. Leadership is doing the right things. Mm. They can mull over that. But he said this. Peter Drucker said, he said, there is nothing, watch this, so useless as doing efficiently that which should not be done at all. You know what? That convicts me when I hear that. Because there's a number of things I've done in my life I should have never done at all. Amen? You know, it's like, why did I put so much effort in that thing and it was useless? I can think of a, 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 a particular situation and I had some property, 20 acres, and I wanted to put 
pine trees out there and so I got them from the forestry department and you know and those those little pines that take forever to grow and they're this big and you got to water them you got to so I planted 300 of them by hand and I didn't have a hose to get to it to water them I spent all this time and you know some of them started to grow but after I sold the property the next guy came in and plowed them all in <laughs> and I thought, what a waste of time. And how many can say amen to that? Things in our life, you know what? I focus so much on something, and it really doesn't matter in the large scheme of things. And of course, I didn't do it the right way, but anyhow. Nothing so useless as doing efficiently that which should not be done at all. <clears throat> so hear me, friends. Followers of Jesus, watch this. Followers of Jesus, they burn plan B. They, don't, they, they re reject plan B. And they go all out for what God has for them for plan A. Can you say amen? And so here's the question I have for you this morning. Are you holding on to a plan B? Are you living plan B of your life? Wow, that's pretty heavy. That's pretty heavy. You say, no, pastor, I feel I, 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 this is the right thing. This is the right thing. You know, the enemy comes in and he brings in strife and division and he brings in pain and sorrow. And we all are faced with those things. We all are faced with storms in our life. There's divorces, there's deaths, there's untimely things, there's sicknesses. And now we're dealing with this crazy pandemic and all of these things that try to shipwreck our life. And, you know, just like uh, uh, Joseph in the Old Testament, every time he tried to do something good, he just felt like he was pounced down, but he stuck in his heart, in the dream in his heart to plan A. He never really truly gave up hope. I think there was times he felt hopeless, but he hung on to it and God brought plan A to fruition in his life. Can you say amen? So I want to encourage you, don't hold on to plan B. Go back to that plan A that God has for you. And the second thing I want to uh, share, and I have a, a little video, hope we can get this uh, brought into the video here, added in, is a little video that back in the 1980s I saw, and I'm going to use an illustration with my next point as I share, uh, that, you know, we need to get rid of the baggage as we go into the next season. And so you, it's hard to <clears throat> go into this season or fulfill plan A when you're carrying, hear me, baggage from the previous season. And there's some things just like Cortez, you got to burn the ships. You got to, you can't move into the next season. You can't move in fully to plan A <clears throat> without surrendering and getting rid of some of that baggage, some of that baggage. And so followers of Jesus burn the baggage. You know, back in the 1980s, I have a, I have a, a travel bag here. It's one of the smaller ones. It's one of the ones that, uh, you know, everyone marks a mark and they add something so they can see their bag. And then when 100 people have the same yellow thing, it becomes challenging. And so it can be a challenge to find your right bag. And this one is, this one is in, uh, it's in pretty, pretty decent uh, condition, you know, and this isn't a really uh, uh, <clears throat> expensive, expensive bag, but, <clears throat> you know, uh, travel bags are, uh, you know, you don't think about them till it's time to travel. And when you travel, you want to make sure they work. And you want to make sure that you're not going from airport to airport. You got a hung up wheel. You got a handle that's broken. Come on, somebody. Or, you know, you got it overpacked and then the zipper's about to pop or won't zipper. And, and so, you know, luggage is, is important when you travel. When you travel. <clears throat> and I remember this, this little short video here. And, 
and uh, uh, I want you to take a, take a look at it. <clears throat> it's about 30 seconds long, and, and I never forgot this, by American Tourister, and it's about a gorilla that when they put their bags, you know, on the conveyor belt, uh, this couple puts it on, one's an American Tourister luggage, the other one, who knows what it is, and a gorilla just beats the snot out of that luggage. Take a, take a look at this short video. We at American Tourister know that when your suitcase is out of your hands, it's out of your hands. That's why American Tourister suitcases are reinforced with strong stainless steel frames and solid locks that won't spring open on contact. Sure, you may pay a little more in the beginning, but it'll sure pay in the end. American Tourister, it's not just how good it looks, it's how long it looks good. Amen. That's you know. I never, I never forgot that. I never forgot that picture of the gorilla destroying the luggage. And uh, you know, it's a, it's actually a picture. I believe that the Lord wants to burn and press upon our hearts today as we talk about leaving baggage behind. That's kind of how we have to have that attitude, like that gorilla on that baggage. Just absolutely destroy it, leave it behind. Excess baggage that that God has not called us to bring into our our, our next season of life excess baggage. Burning that baggage means uh, it, it means refusing to carry the extra weight. You know, some of you uh, today, uh, God has not called you to, but you're, you're just carrying extra baggage. You got some extra weight and you're carrying these things. You're asking, God, I want to move into it. What do you have for me next? Or, you know, what am I supposed to do? And you're unwilling to let go of this baggage that you really don't need for your life. And it's really unnecessary and it's not going to help you. And God has not asked you to carry that. <clears throat> Carrying extra weight. <clears throat> you know, here's the thing. We cannot, hear me church, we cannot carry some stuff from the old season into the new season. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? I believe, especially in this season that we're in, God is requiring more from his people in this season. And the question is, what is weighing you down? What is weighing you down? Is it an alcohol issue? Amen. It is a, a, a legal drug issue. I know these are outward things. They're really manifestations of really what's going on in heart. Is it a sexually immoral issue? Come on, somebody. I mean, is it, you know, is it an anger issue? It is a, a, a bitterness issue. <clears throat> is it a lust issue? You know, I, don't, I don't know what the issue, they're all issues. And what they are, all those issues are, they're really, they're just, it's, it's excess baggage. It's excess baggage. It's stuff you just carrying around and, and you constantly carry it around and you think, you know, I need to get rid of that yet when I get around to it. But God is saying he wants us to, like that gorilla in the ad, destroy that baggage, get rid of it, have nothing to do with it anymore. He said, well, I keep picking it back up. You know what? Send it through the conveyor belt. Let the Spirit of God crush that thing for you. Can you say amen? And so my text in here is, uh, uh, as, I, as, as I wind down is in Joshua. Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6, verses 18 to 19. But you <clears throat> keep yourself, Joshua is speaking, <clears throat> from the accursed and devoided things, lest when you have devoted it to destruction, you take of the accursed thing, and so make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. Mm. 
But all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. In other words, God's saying, I want those accursed things, that first battle, that battle of Jericho. Joshua, tell the people don't take anything that first battle. Because other battles, the Lord say they can take of the spoil. He said, go ahead, take of it. But this one in Jericho in the promised land, their first battle, the Lord says, it's mine. It's mine. And I'm going to want it for my treasury, for my purposes. I want you to notice this. So <clears throat> Joshua says, keep yourself from the accursed and devoted things. Actually, in the Hebrew, it means the loving things. Did you get that? The things that, that will bring, actually, it means the things, if you keep these things, watch this, they're going to bring about your destruction. Wow. <clears throat> these devoted things, these things that your heart go after, they're going to bring about your destruction. Now, let's jump quickly to the next chapter. And the summation is the story basically is that uh, <clears throat> they go in and a guy named Achan, <clears throat> he keeps some of the things that were God said, don't bring in. Don't touch these things. Joshua chapter 7, verse 21, it says Achan, actually Achan, his name in the Hebrew means trouble. Uh, that's a word for you and I. There, you, you ever say you have an aching heart? Oh, my heart is aching. That's why. Because you're bringing and taking things that God says, I don't want you to take, touch, and be a part of your life. And you can't take those things to the new season. And hear me, those things, that excess baggage is going to be trouble for your life. Even the decisions you make. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> and said, when I saw, this is what Aiken said. He said, when I saw these things, the spoils, the attractive mantle from Shinar, 200 shekels of silver mm, and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels. He said this, I coveted them and I took them. Mm. I coveted them and I took them. He said, behold, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. And so what happened was, is they go in, Jericho destroyed, Achan takes the stuff. Then they have a little small battle excursion, uh, battle AI. <clears throat> and then Joshua says, oh, just send a few men. And they got their butts kicked bad. 36 innocent men were killed. And these, this army from AI just kicked their butt. And like, oh, Joshua's like, what's happening, God? You said we'd have victory. And God said, there's sin in the camp. Somebody has taken, oh, watch this church. Somebody has taken something in to the promised land that I told them not to. Mm, wow. And so they went through this process of finding out who did it through families, tribes, extended family. And here is Achan. And this is, you know, Joshua 7.21 is what Achan's, <clears throat> uh, what he coveted and what he did. And men's lives were lost. And, um, you know, I, I, I you know, think we'd be critical of Achan, and he should have never done that, and that's right. And, and, and you'll see here in a moment how it just absolutely destroyed his family. But how many know that it's tempting? Satan knows it's tempting to take of the accursed things. It really is. You know, that's why the Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season. And that's what hooks people. That's what hooks us is that it's sin, it's pleasurable. I can remember a time, Becca, in the 1990s, I worked in Dallas and I worked for a dry cleaning company. And and at that time, uh, at the back of the plant, we'd go out and have a lunch break or whatever, or take a little coffee break, or take a minute to go outside, out of the heat, <clears throat> inside the dry cleaning plant. 
And I saw there was a Target store, and at that time they had the dumpsters were open. Some of you remember that. Now it's all compact. You, you, can't, you can't get in there. It's like Fort Knox. And they do that for a reason, because of guys like me back then. <laughs> and so I remember it opened. So I went over, and I, and I, yes, I did the forbidden thing. I was dumpster diving. And I looked inside there, and it was just it was around November, coming to December, around Christmas. It was the first Christmas my wife and I had as a married couple. And I looked inside there, and my eyes got huge. Because I thought, this is my first Christmas. We didn't have much resources. We didn't have a lot. And, uh, and it had all these lights that were returned. Come on, you know, somebody, when you plug it in, if one bulb is blown, you return it, they give you a new one, and they just throw it in the dumpster. Well, hey, the handyman as I am, as I started grabbing these lights, changing all the bulbs and having lights, and I brought them home, and I told Ron, look, look at I got these lights, and then they had garland. Brand new, still in the package. They had all these Christmas ornaments and things that maybe one of them was broken, so they returned the whole package. Oh, I came back, and Rhonda was like, okay. Uh, well, uh, I'm not really, she wasn't really into the big, you know, the big bulbs, the Christmas lights. Now everything's nice and little and cute and simplified. And, and so I love the big bulbs, all the colors. And let me just tell you something. It would be an understatement said, to say that I, I just went all in in this. And the next day I went in, I was digging and pulling and, and I was pulling and saving the stuff and ripping it out. And all of a sudden the spirit of God spoke to me, not audibly. And he said this, Mike. You're getting greedy. <laughs> and I just, I just stopped in that moment in the dumpster. Come on, somebody. And, <laughs> excuse me. I just, I just dropped it. And uh, I said, you know what? This is wrong. This is, I, 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 I need to stop. This, this is possessing me. <laughs> and so I get that. I get, you know, seeing something that's tempting and you want that. And, <clears throat> and so that was just a small illustration of something in my life that I really felt the Lord speak to me on that. But here's the thing. Achan believed a lie that many of us believe in. It's this. This is a lie. I think I can take this with me. In other words, more equals more. I think I can still keep this baggage. I can, I can bring this with me into the promised land. I can, I can take these things with me and it doesn't even bother God. It's no big deal. He doesn't mind it, you know. He, 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 it's, you know, he, he knows I'm struggling and he knows I'm trying. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's a big deal. I said it's a big deal. 36 men. With these were husbands lost their life in that battle of Ai because of the disobedience of one man. Wow. Achan had baggage. <clears throat> Here's the thing God was given this man and his family, Achan, the promised land. The promised land had land for him. Come on, land, farmland <clears throat> for him, for his entire family, his extended family. <clears throat> Everything you could ever want going, that was there ahead for him in that promised land. Blessings that were <clears throat> unimaginable, really, in that a land flowing with milk and honey, God was saying. But, but Achan had baggage, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to take this accursed thing with me because I need it. I need this. And, and, and that's the lie of the enemy that he tells each and every one of us, we can take these things, whatever those things are. They, and they may not be materialistic. It may be things in the heart, in, in our hearts. <clears throat> so Achan had baggage and that baggage caused himself, watch this, and his wife. It's horrible. His whole family, 
<clears throat> a lot of all the relatives, they put them all together and they, it was, this is seriously harsh. They stoned them all to death. They stoned them all to death. And you say, oh, that, that seems overly harsh, Pastor Mike. Overly harsh. Yeah, it, it does. It does. But God was making a point. Because the Bible says these stories are examples for us today. No one's going to go out and stone us, uh, not at least here in America. Because you have taken something, but you'd be prosecuted by the law. Amen. But God was making a point, which is this. Watch this. We fool ourselves if we think that our sin only affects us. I'm going to say that again. We deceive ourselves if we think our sin is only going to affect us and nobody else because nobody sees. How many know God sees all? And the sin of this man in the camp affected the whole camp. That's amazing. That's an, that, is a, that is a revelatory point in the Bible. See, sin's uh, effect go beyond the initial sinner. Did you hear that? The effects of sins go beyond just you and me. Wow, that is, a, <clears throat> that is a true word, but that is also a convicting word. That is a convicting word to me too. It speaks to me. It's a high call for each and every one of us to live what God's fullest he has for us in obedience to him. And when we fall, hey, listen, when you fall, fall forward, get back up. Amen. Get back up. God wants you to get back up and don't, don't, you know, don't wallow in with the, the baggage. Leave the baggage. Get back up. There's deliverance and freedom in Christ Jesus. If you don't give up, you keep pressing forward. Amen. So he carried things into the promised land that God said, I don't want you to carry. And it caused them to not to be able to wholeheartedly follow Jesus. And that's what we've been talking about. Leave the baggage behind, God is saying to each and every one of us. See, followers, followers of Jesus, they leave that baggage behind. And so this morning, as I wind down here, I want to just uh, throw this question out to all of us. What's the extra baggage that you're carrying? What is that? Ask the Holy Spirit. Some of you know exactly, exactly what that is, that baggage. What is the extra weight that you're carrying that is, that is stunting your progress from moving forward? <clears throat> That's stunting that progress. Is it forgiveness? Is it a bitterness? It is a worldliness. You know, I am amazed at how many people are so enamored by likes on social media apps, whether it's TikTok or some crazy Instagram thing or Snapchat or whatever it may be. And they're just looking for likes and looking for thumbs up and, and looking for little hearts that somehow that validates their life. And my brothers and sisters, that's baggage. And hear me, that'll destroy your life. You need to hear the Spirit of God today. It'll destroy your life. Some of you, you need to, I'm going to say it, you need to delete the app. Come on, somebody. And even if it's for a season, delete the app for a season. Get off of it because it's possessing you. It's excess baggage that you're carrying with you that's, that Satan is using, that, 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 that accursed thing <clears throat> and that's feeding you for a season that Satan plays for destruction, my friends. He plays for destruction. He plays for keeps. And his goal is to destroy your marriage. His goal is to destroy your family. Come on, somebody. His goal is to destroy your life. And he will never relent. He will never relent. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's at it 24-7. All during the day, night, hours, early morning. That's, the, that's Satan. He roams about as a roaring lion. Now, we're not to fear him. And we have authority over him in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? But you see, he knows if he's got your heart, he's got you hooked. 
You know what? He's like, I got them. I got them. He's got you. He's got you. So what is the extra baggage that's slowing your advancement? Oh, you know, let me just interject this. Some of these just aren't sins that we need to completely eliminate out of our life. I'm not saying they're all sins. Some of them are. Some of the things I mentioned. Some of the things, watch this, they're good things. They're good things, but we need to set them aside for a season in our life. How many hear what I'm saying? Set them aside for a season. They, we, we need to bring adjustment in, 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 the, in the quality and the quantity that we have focused on them. Let me just throw this out and give an example. Fishing. Fishing is not bad. Jesus, you know, they were, you know, Jesus had fishermen. Amen. I mean, that's what's in the Bible. And God is not against it. But when fishing possesses you, Come on, somebody. <clears throat> Here's another one. Sports. Some of you are so enamored by baseball teams. Everything, baseball. Hey, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having a heart for a team and its members and, and encourage those who play or football or whatever. Maybe basketball or even soccer. Whatever the thing is that you enjoy or some other sport. Sometimes even CrossFit. It's a, you know, a sport that, you know, you get all these fit people that are in and, 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 and there's a tight camaraderie. I'm not saying that these things are wrong. I don't believe the Spirit of God is saying it. But when it, it takes over your life, when it possesses you, when everything is 24-7, eat, sleep, drink, that, that's an idol in your life. Did you hear the Spirit of God? That's an idol in your life. And it may not be, well, I don't do that. I don't do sports. But maybe your clothing is an idol. Oh, amen. Maybe your hair has to be just perfect. Always everything is, you have to always look good, perfect. Hey, I'm all for looking good, taking care of yourself, having good hygiene. Amen. Amen. I know, I know it's not in the Bible, but cleanliness is next to godliness. <clears throat> and I think God cares about cleanliness. Amen. So we are to be clean. Amen. But you understand what I'm saying. These things are not necessarily bad in and of themselves, but we need to, we need to measure them. We need to measure them in our life. And maybe it's hunting and, and you fall off the map hunting season, you know, and your whole family. Where's dad? He's, oh, he's hunting. He does that every season. You just disappear. My friends, when something like that takes over your life and possesses you like that, I, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it. That is, that is forbidden stuff that God is saying, you know what, that is possessing your life. That is an idol. It is an idol in your life. And that is holding you back. That is luggage that's weighing you down. And you cannot enter into the promised land. Once again, these things are not bad. All right? They're not bad. I'm going to share a story here. Uh, something even my own life personally that I really enjoy. And I still enjoy at 55, even though I haven't been able to work out in the gym for the last two months. I like working out. I like weightlifting. Uh, I really enjoyed over the last six years getting into some of the uh, uh, combat training and and hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat and uh, uh, doing that in, in, in some of the uh, Kali and, and scrima fighting and I, I just enjoy that. Uh, it, it's it's I get a good workout of that, nice sweat, and I'm feeling invigorated. But <clears throat> but you know they have their place in my life. It's not an idol in my life. But there was a time. Hear me. That my weightlifting and bodybuilding was an idol is when I first started. At 15 years old, I started with some sand weights. And I would just lift in the basement. And I lifted and, and I trained and, and I lifted. And I would lift for three and a half hours a day. 
and everything was about the protein that I took, the foods that I ate. And you say, well, you got to do that if you're going to be all in with that. That's true, if that's your profession and the line or, or what you enjoy. And I was all in for that. But for me, as a believer, God was putting his finger on that and saying, son, you know what, when it comes to coming to a prayer meeting, or, you know, your Bible study time, come on, somebody. Or, you know, maybe getting up on a Saturday, a Sunday morning, excuse me, you know, it's church. You're too tired because you've been weightlifting all week, training all this time, and you forget about God. How many know there's a problem there? There's a problem there. And so there was a point in life where God just had to put his finger on that. And I went through a season. I just said, that's it for a couple of months. And I didn't lift at all just to silence that, just to break that stronghold of my life. And you know what? I felt the Lord say, you know what? Okay, it's not idle in your life. And I could resume it. And, and I've been able to enjoy that and on and off. I'm not tipped over. Haven't been able to work out when the, when the doors open. I'll start back up again. Amen. But it's not, it doesn't have first place in my life. Hear me, church. And that's what I want to conclude with. I want to conclude with that. See, the children of Israel, watch this, under Joshua's leadership, they finally began to march into the promised land, finally inheriting after 40 years in the wilderness of suffering. They were given strict set of guidelines to follow. <clears throat> and the message was clear. And this was the message. The gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron belonged to God. And oh, in other words, the desirable things in this first battle, this is God's. <clears throat> Those things God said, they're cursed, they're cursed. And I don't want you to bring them in, in this first battle into the promised land. In other words, God was saying, listen, uh, these items I want you to set apart for the use of the tabernacle in uh, the future temple. And I want you to destroy everything else. Destroy everything else. You know, it's actually a picture too without getting into it. But, but a picture of the tithe is, you know, we're coming in, giving God the tithe, the, the first 10% 10 per, 10 of our, our hard work and our labor. And it's the first fruits of our labor all each week. And the tithe is powerful. I believe there's a whole picture of that and a whole message on that. But, but Achan was disobedient to this clear warning. Hear me. And his plight can be summed up in verse 21 when he states this. And notice verse 20, it says this. I saw... I coveted and I took. I saw, I coveted and I took. You know what, isn't that exactly what James in the New Testament warned us about when he wrote in James chapter 1 verses 14 and 15? But every man and every woman, every young person, come on, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. death. Let me pray for you right now. You're here with me this morning and you're listening and you feel God's prompting you. He's speaking to you. This is the moment. Not for you just to click off of this and move on to something else. You need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. God loves you. You're not a project to Him. He cares about you. And some of you, or many of you, you're carrying excess baggage. You wonder why you just can't enter or break into what God has for you fully. You know He has more for you, but you, you got this baggage. And the Holy Spirit is saying, I want the gorilla of the Holy Ghost <laughs> to destroy that with your will. 
with your will. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You're not a victim. Now that you, if you know Christ, I'm speaking to believers in this moment right now. You know Christ, you have authority over that. Say, Pastor, I keep succumbing. I keep falling. Fall forward, get back up, draw near to God, get in his word, repent, move forward. Amen? That's the word for each and every one of you. <clears throat> and you'll see the strength of the enemy and the lies will come crashing down and God will heal you. But some of you, <clears throat> you've carried this excess baggage of guilt and shame, remorse. You have this excess baggage in your life of uh, you have no assurance of salvation. You don't know, God forbid, you died today, you would go to heaven at all. You just kind of hope. The Bible says these things are written that you may know you have eternal life. Friends, that's you here this morning. You say, Pastor, pray with me. I need to get right with God. Right where you're at, right there. Just steal your soul right now. And if you pray this prayer, God is here to come into your life, to help you with this excess baggage, to give you the power, hear me, to overcome sin. See, without Jesus, without Jesus, you have no power. Yes, you are truly a victim. You're a victim. And you can't overcome. But through Christ, in the power of His Spirit, when He comes and lives and resides within you, when you give Him the reins of your life, you have power to overcome sin. That's what the Word of God says. He said, Pastor, pray for me. I want that power. I want, to, I, I want this to be overcome in my life. I want to start a new life with Jesus. Let's pray. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe. You died in that cross for me. Jesus, I give you my life today. Jesus, fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit that I may overcome sin through your strength, Lord, not on my own, through your strength and your ability. To as many as receive them, to them gave he power to become the sons and daughters of God. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, right now there's a link uh, that we're pulling up that you can, you can, you can log on to and, and you can uh, fill out some information and we'll send you a free book to help you on your, your walk and new journey of faith help you get plugged in. When, and if you're out of state and whenever you say, I don't know where to go, I don't know what church to go to, listen, you let me know what city you're in. I'll look up in that city and I'll find a good church for you and to give you some options and help you on your journey. Personally, I will do that. You just let me know. Amen. Amen. So as we conclude here, I want to pray for the believers. I want to pray for the church family. I want to pray for those of you who say, Pastor, I I'm carrying some baggage. You know, we all do in seasons of our life. You know, and there are more seasons I felt I didn't just have one bag. I felt I had like bags everywhere, you know, and they were heavy and they were all over the limit. I get that. But you know what? Jesus is here today. He's here to set us free. He's here to release us from the pain and for the temptation that so easily possesses us. Amen. And these, this baggage can overwhelm your heart and it can happen by stolen passion. Once again, we can be obsessed by the social media and <clears throat> you needing to have this need, there's something in this generation where they have this vacuum that is fed in. It's like a, <clears throat> it's like a self-perpetuating vacuum uh, that you need to feel validated by a thumbs up by a heart, by a like, 
which really, it's hollow. It is a hollow pit. Most of those people don't give a rip about you. That's the facts, okay? That's the facts. Those little hearts, likes. Listen, young lady, they're not liking it because they're validating you. They're lusting after you. Come on, somebody. I mean, they're, 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 they're just, they're, that's what that is. You know, and the crazy things you may do, they don't care about you. It's all fleshly. And I'm, I just feel, feel the Spirit of God is saying today, this is a day to not follow in Achan's path. Don't follow in what he did. Looking at the accursed thing. Trying to bring that and hide that that nobody knows. See, God sees everything. God knows everything. And he's a loving God. He's not willing to expose us. He's willing to heal us and to, and to forgive us and to cleanse us. Thank God for the new covenant. Amen. And his blood and his grace. I thank God for his grace. I thank God for his grace. I wouldn't be here today without the grace and the forgiveness and the cleansing power of God. Amen. So we serve a good God. But the Bible says these are examples and there are truths that and this one truth we can take away today of many truths is that that, you know, we don't sin in a vacuum. It affects it affects us all. And we want to be God's people that are wholeheartedly serving him. You say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. There'll be strength to get rid of baggage. Get rid of the baggage. You know what? Some of the baggage, you know, some of you may know, it's like, hey, you're sleeping with your boyfriend. You're a fornicator. That's right. You know what? You can't expect God's blessing in your life in known disobedience. You can say amen to owe me to that. Or don't say anything at all. Maybe you can just get a little thumbs up like for that one, Pastor. But really, you know, you, 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 I don't know what it is. And these are just outward external things. And really, it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. And your heart is aching. It's not healed. And you continue to go after these things to try to feel validation. You're trying to find true love. Like Achan, he thought and through the gold and, the, and all of those things, he's going to really find happiness. And God had provision and blessing and land and a future for him and his children's children. But he forfeited it all for momentarily pleasure. I'm going to pray with you. Let's take a moment right now. Father God, I bless the people of God right now. Those that are listening, uh, those that may be have just uh, tuned in to this message today. And Lord, those that are struggling with baggage. I pray the power of the Holy Spirit come right now, right where they're at. And Lord, that they would lay this baggage at your altar, that they would humble themselves before you and they would ask of you. Some of you right now, you just need to lift your hands and surrender like this, just like this, with open hands and say, Lord God, this is a prayer. A lot of times we tell people we need to pray, but we don't tell them how to pray. This is a prayer of confession. And you say, Lord, forgive me for my alcoholism. Forgive me for being a drunk. <clears throat> forgive me for my drug addiction. Come on now. Forgive me for fornicating, having sex with my boyfriend or girlfriend, and I'm not married. Forgive me for sinning in these things. Forgive me for being a crook, a thief, a liar, a cheat. Forgive me, whatever it is, whatever it is, say, Jesus, forgive me, heal me, help me to leave this baggage behind in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, we love you. We miss you. Uh, keep posted. The week's here. Uh, we are going to soon open as a church. 
We'll have information to you to get that out to you. Well, we'll come together, albeit a safe uh, uh, environment for you to come in that we can worship God again. Amen. God bless you. Have a blessed day in the Lord. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. God bless you.